Hey, thanks for stopping by. I want you to meet Jennifer Gutierrez, candidate for District 34 of the New York City Council in 2021. Here's what we talked about. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. I'm good. How are you, Stephanie? I'm good. How are you? Just kind of, I'm glad 2020 is over. Um, it feels, I'm not even lie, I haven't left my house since like New Year's Eve, so it feels a lot like 2020. <laughs> I kept forgetting that it was a new year until <laughs> other people wished me happy. I was like, oh my gosh, yes, happy new year. Happy new year. Um, sorry again for the, the technical difficulties. I'm still a baby, a baby podcaster. No, this is so. exciting. No worries. All right. So, Jen, my first question to you and to all of my guests is, what music are you listening to right now? So I've been listening to a lot of like Spanish Christmas music. But in Colombia we call we call them Vidancicos. So that's been on play nonstop. Um, the last like full album full album I listened to was Bad Bunny. Which one? Because he released like three this year. The last one that I heard was Yo hago lo que me da la gana. Yes. But to be honest, I've been really bad about new music. So if you want to find new music. The good thing is that I ask my guests about... Are you producing new music too? Tell me right now. <laughs> I am not. But the good thing is that I ask my guests about the music they're listening to. So you'll get a chance to, to hear what other people are listening to. So your other guests are, are way more current than I am. Uh, maybe. <laughs> they're all very busy. You're doing way more important things. Like... Like running for city council. So tell me a little bit about your journey um, up until now, up until you decided to run for city council, because you were a staffer just like me. Um, yeah, just like you. We were staffers together. Um, I'd also worked on campaigns for like years. I worked on women running for office. Most of them were women of color. And so that was just like what I, I really liked. But I also really liked the community aspect. I love building with people. I liked being in the background, but I also kind of liked being in, in, in the mix with, with folks. Um, and so I even, to be honest, I didn't fully commit to the decision until maybe like right before COVID, um, which is an odd time to decide to run. And I just was ultimately encouraged by mostly women in my community um, that were like, you need to do it. This is you. And even my own boss was very supportive. He like planted the seed a really long time ago. And I remember that I laughed at him. Um, and then really, I felt, I felt like a responsibility um, to run. You know, I had, I had worked in this community and I just felt like, they deserve to have someone who knows what they're doing. They deserve to have someone who knows how to build coalitions. They deserve to have someone to who understands how council works, who understands where the council shortcomings are. I really made that decision in community. And I don't know a lot of women that do this, that are just like on their own. Like it's usually mm -hmm. men, to be honest. Like it's usually men that are like, I, I'm gonna. No one told me to run, but I'm gonna do this. Um, but I really felt encouraged. <laughs> I made the decision to run, like with my community. That's very, that's very beautiful. Um, 
you telling me about, right? Like other women who are supporting you. Um, you are an organizer. Now you're just organizing people around your platform and the and your priorities and eventually to turn them out to vote for you. One of the instances of you organizing is just basic improving your neighborhood and your immediate community, your immediate surroundings. How have you been organizing people to improve their communities in the immediate? I think, I think it's so crazy to say like an organizer because I feel that especially when you grow up in like in an immigrant community, it's just you just kind of fall into it. Everyone starts to do something. You are, you know, your 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 parents' first advocate is their child. They're like American born, English speaking child. And that was like that was exactly my experience. Just kind of like what you do. There was no heat in my building. So we went around and got signatures. Like and we were and it was just like what you did. And what I've learned is just that that it doesn't it doesn't need to be this like massive citywide campaign that organizing can still have a massive impact um, on on something that's happening just on your block. So the whole like cleaning up initiative really is about just, it's, it's about keeping your neighborhood clean as best as possible. Which parks have you organized cleanups for? And what do, what do, what do those parks, what does that park represent? We meet at Maria Hernandez Park. I think in the last decade <laughs> or so, it's really transformed um, Bushwick doesn't have like a big, huge park. And then we have like a plethora of playgrounds. And so Maria Hernandez has really transformed into a huge space um, for the, the entire community. Um, the history of the park is actually really neat. Named after uh, a community advocate who was advocating against gun violence in the neighborhood, a long time resident of Bushwick. People call it Knickerbocker Park, but, but now we're starting to really put power into this woman's name. And is our park and it's named after someone from our neighborhood. Have you ever gone to Maria Hernandez? Yeah, Maria Hernandez is a busy park. It's popping. <laughs> it's popping. It reminds me that Bushwick is so black and brown, which is beautiful. The park has this like huge center space where at this point it's become like a performance space, but will also be um, like the movement space. And so the, the, the cleanup work was started by three women actually a few years ago. The cleanup, um, cleanup Bushwick initiative was started by three women in the neighborhood. I've been in contact with them since like late 2018. So a lot of female candidates are, are coalescing, right? Like you recognize this moment. You recognize the importance and the energy behind electing the majority, a majority women New York City Council in 2021. One of those instances where you came together was to pen this letter or op-ed about reforms to policing. It's an extremely important topic and that's been um, ignored and neglected for ever. One of the ways that you guys propose or that you guys elevate in this op-ed um, comes from the movement for Black Lives, which is to expand and reform participatory budgeting. Um, participatory budgeting is an incredibly beautiful concept where the city 
or government gives power to the people to determine how, at least in this city, New York City, how a million dollars are spent. Um, but I'll be honest, I didn't know about participatory budgeting till I had to work on it, till I had to organize the district I worked for um, to turn people out. And even then, people, a lot of people don't know about it. In part, people don't know because it's opt in by the council members. So I lived in a district that didn't opt into doing participatory budgeting. So how does, how could PB be a tool in policing reform? So that idea was 100% like Shahana's idea, um, and I supported it. So participatory budgeting, AKA PB, is it's a democratic process where you as a resident of said city can determine how your budget gets spent. The idea is to give people power. What the city did was kind of put parameters on it. What the council did was put parameters on it, make, making one of those parameters a million dollars another parameter, capital dollars, um, which really limits, A, what the needs of districts are. So the budget is split into um, expense and capital, expenses, services, and salary. So I think in the easiest ways, it's, it's what you and I understand as like service. It's, it's funding nonprofits. It's allowing after-school programs to continue. It's supporting um, local gardening groups that continue to do composting, for example. Um, and then capital is bricks and mortar projects. It doesn't just need to be all capital because if you're in a district like mine that doesn't have public space, we don't have like massive projects. It really limits districts. So the idea was to say, why don't we mandate that PD, that members also utilize expense money, expense funds, which is more, um, I would say, relevant to, to this like bigger issue. And like immediately tangible too, because these capital projects, at the time those dollars actually hit the ground, man, you need like double, you need twice as much to actually make it happen. So the idea would be to fund specific programs that would be devised by the community um, around how to not just like improve relations, but really make it about what that community wants. So if folks in that neighborhood thought it was really important to start like um, I don't know, like a gardening group or or a basketball program after school or a tutoring program, like things that we're not doing and things that the it would be up to the community to determine, but it would 100% go towards serving uh, that community, providing some kind of an outlet for folks to come together um, and using that money to support that instead of, you know, a capital project that would take years to come through. Like I mentioned, one of the problems with PB or the challenges of educating the public on PB is that it's opt-in by the city council member of the districts, of each district. Do you have thoughts on how that could be changed? I would love for it not to be a choice, um, just because I've seen, I've seen how beneficial it is. And I'm, you know, I'm a person that believes in opening, opening up government to people. Um, and I'm not fearful I, I, I believe that there's less fear to be had if you open up government to people as, a, as opposed to just keeping it closed and making all the decisions, you know, behind closed doors, literally, like how the budget gets um, happens. And the only reason I've ever, ever heard a member saying that they weren't going to do PB is that it was too much work. These offices have like a handful of staffers and they're already overwhelmed. 
And I think, I mean, to your to your point, it is yeah, like there should be something more centralized, and that's what we voted on, right? The same um, charter that we all voted for during ranked choice voting was also creating this like central like city office for community engagement. The my last question is, what are you fighting for, Jennifer Gutierrez? I'm fighting for you know my community. I'm fighting to keep people in their homes. It's our biggest issue even throughout COVID. Um, it was COVID just like exacerbated all the existing issues, to be honest. Um, but the very fact, the very notion that people didn't have access to healthcare, that existed. The very fact that people did not have access to good food, that always existed. Um, the fact that people didn't know how they were gonna make rent, it was not just a COVID thing, to be honest. Um, and so those continue to be our issues. So I'm fighting it to keep people in their homes I'm fighting to get, we're an environmental justice community. We've been impacted tremendously by the BQE, by racist rezonings. What I hope to do at the council is to reiterate that this is all a priority and that we all need to, we kind of need to be working on all these things simultaneously because they intersect. Those are all the things I'm fighting for. Awesome. All right, Jen, I think we're good. Thank you so much for taking the time hope we can talk again. Good luck. Good luck on the trail and talk soon.